Well, welcome to the first podcast, a, a KB review, Kempton Brothers review. My name is Ben, and along with my partner, Jared. What's up, Jared? Um, Why, hello. We're going to be doing a, doing a podcast on some movies. I'm excited about this. What about you? I'm pretty excited. Yeah, this is going to be fun. We're just going to pick some movies that we either like, maybe some we don't like, so we can bash on them, because that's always fun. Um, Agreed. Yeah, you know, and uh, we're just, we're, yeah, this is just for fun. I mean, you know, neither one of us is a film major. Jared, uh, you have a physics degree, so, you know, bring in some science. Yeah, I like to make fun of movies that don't get the science right. Yeah, no, that's that's always good. Um, me, I, I'm working on a PhD in business, so neither one of us really have, like, a extensive film background, but... Uh, yeah, this is this is this is good. We're gonna we're gonna have some fun. We'll make fun of some stuff. We'll highlight hopefully some fun movies that maybe went overlooked, and um, two of us are gonna have fun in the meantime. So, um, you know, my favorite type of movie is um, it's gonna be probably sci-fi. You know, um, yeah, I, I specifically like I love TNG, man. Star Trek TNG is my jam. That's the one I I could always watch some Star Trek. Uh, you know, Captain Picard, and you know what? I'll just say it. I liked Picard season three a lot. If that makes me like somebody at this point, you're like, you know, this guy has no idea what the heck he's talking about, and you want to stop listening? That's fine. But what about you, Jared? Um, I like a little bit of everything, really. Um, sci-fi, uh, comedy. Not really into horror, uh, personally. Uh, I'm just an anxious person in general, so I don't really like to be. Uh, I don't know, scared while I'm trying to relax and watch something. So, okay. Well, except for Oculus, right? You, you really like that one. Uh, fuck that movie. <laughs> fuck that movie. <laughs> why, why That's a funny story for another day. <laughs> yeah. yeah That's a funny mo- story about another day. <laughs> this guy this guy tricked me into watching that. And you know what? I would have still blame it on our other brother who's not here. But, uh, you know, it, it, is, it is my fault to some extent. So. Oh, it definitely is. Absolutely. <laughs> That's a story for another day. Uh, today we're going to be viewing the 2012 movie Dread, starring Carl Urban. Um, personally, this always seems to come up on movies that are underrated, never really seem to, you know, get their due, and um, I think it's because they marketed it terribly, and they marketed it as Dread 3D. That was right off the, you know, 3D craze, you know, and... Uh, I, I, you know, everybody was like, oh, let's jump on that 3D bandwagon. And so they made it dread 3D. And everybody was like, uh, we don't want cheap 3D tricks. We're not going to go see this movie, but it's a solid film overall. Yeah, they didn't even really use that much 3D effects. Like, there's a few scenes where there's, like, I guess, like the, I don't know, what would you find in, like, a stereotypical one of those gimmicky 3D movies? But other than that, there's, like, and that's not even that noticeable, to be honest. Uh, other than that, the action is great. The plot is, I, I mean, it, it's a little lackluster, but at the same time, it's, you oh, know, man, I've never point. heard you say that lackluster uh, plot. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I, you know, there's not anything like overarching. There's just, you know, one simple straightforward thing and, you know, there's That's a bad true. guy, That's there's true. a good guy. Um, and it's very obvious as to who the good guy is and very obvious as to who the bad guy is. Uh, That's true. Other than that, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely wonderful movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, just a quick background on it. First off, Dread came out in 2012, like we said. Um, it was directed um, by 
Pete Travis. Uh, I looked it up. He doesn't have much more. So we'll, uh, under his um, under his belt for directing, but we'll we'll, we'll jump on that yeah, later. I haven't heard of him. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty 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 new. We've got uh, Judge Dredd played by Carl Urban, and uh, we all know him from multiple roles. Probably one of his most famous ones is uh, Aomer from the Lord of the Rings trilogy, starting with the Two Towers. Fantastic. Um, Olivia Thrillby is Anderson, and Lena Head Hetty is Mama. Um, the movie is rated R. Um, it is for strong body violence, language, drug use, and some sexual content. So, if this is uh, if you're thinking about family movie, you should probably pass on this one. Absolutely. Uh, Rod- yeah, I mean, this is, it's just not. You know, so, uh, Rotten Tomatoes actually has this at eighty percent. Um, audience wow. score seventy two percent. Yeah, pretty high. I, pretty high. I did not realize that. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty high on that one. So, uh, it is interesting though. IMDb does not have it rated very high it's uh 7.1 out of 10 so um i think it's that's still better low. than pluto nash well i i mean you know if we're gonna compare everything to pluto nash uh, i can only go up from there uh, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough <laughs> so so okay so just initial some initial thoughts here what do we what, what, what do we think jared like how, how do you how do you, how do you like this film what what's good about it what's what what, what are your initial thoughts um visual effects are spot on well, they really are. Even uh, though the movie is, what, 10, 11 years old now, uh, yeah. the visual effects do still stand up. I mean, they're they're really good. Um, yeah, yeah. They don't try to do anything crazy. I feel like I, I don't know how the visual effects breakdown is on Dread, but I'm pretty sure that the, they mixed just the right amount of practical with, um, I guess, the CG at the time, and it, it looks beautiful. It really does. There's a, a lot of slow motion scenes. And, yeah, it's slow-mo uh, solid. They really, really spent the time on uh, getting the right camera for that because it, it shows. They're really, really detailed. They look really good. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, this is our first podcast, so we uh, we kind of jumped the gun a little bit here. But we should probably give a quick like overview for the actual summary of the film. What do you think? I, mean, oh, yeah. I think kind of we kind of just dropped the ball on that one. Um, yep. So, so basically, this is a uh, comic book film uh, based on the Judge Dredd comics. Um, I wasn't, a, I didn't read a lot. I, I read one recently, but not a big reader. You, Jared? I have not read any of them. No. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting art um, direction uh, on uh, drawing. But anyway, so you know, this is a lot of people have mistaken this too with the Judge Dredd. With uh, that was with Sylvester Stallone. We are going to ignore that film because it is a steaming pile it- of crap. It doesn't follow the canon very well. Dread is very that. much known for never taking his helmet off. Yep. What does Stallone do on the first scene? Takes his fucking helmet off. Yeah, you can't have that. You can't have that. So anyway, uh, in the film, we have Judge Dredd. The um, setting of the place is a post-apocalyptic area in which um, um, all of the world is basically irradiated except for Washington, D.C. up through New York, Boston. Um, and everything in in there is just one giant mega city. And there's a lot of crime. There's a lot of unemployment. A lot of people really suffering. And the only thing keeping order are the judges. And the judges are allowed to have a lot of power. They're not just judges. They are the uh, jury and executioner. They are allowed to carry out on-site um, judgments. And that includes executions. So, you know, and... Um, in the course of the film, 
the um, the head judge asks Dread to take a rookie out into the field. They and go to a building called Peach Trees, in which it is run by a vicious gang called the Mama Clan. The Mama Clan has developed a uh, substance called slow mo, and what they does is it makes you perceive the uh, movement of passive time going at like about one percent. Uh, it's it's very popular. I mean, it's, it's super popular. You know, that's how she took control. There were three gangs in this peach tree, and um, she took over. Violent. She's very violent, um, and uh, just took over the entire building uh, pretty quickly. And um, when we meet our hero, he's accompanied by Rookie Anderson, and they go to Peach Trees to investigate a triple homicide. While there. Uh, they make a drug bust, and one of the clan members is uh, going to be taken back for interrogation. So Mama takes control of the building, locks it down. Judges can't leave, and uh, then a firefight ensues. It's uh, it's basically them trying to then fight to uh, stay alive and then take out Mama. Um, it's a really fun film. A lot of violence in it. So if you're not uh, if you're not going to want to watch a lot of gunplay, um, I would say it's like John Wick though. Just a lot of uh, there's a lot of you know shooting in this but uh not the same as uh, the gun fu like we see in john wick uh if you haven't seen it i absolutely i haven't seen i highly recommend it so um but yeah no i agree with you jared i think the uh special effects hold up pretty well um i i i don't really have a problem with them i think the plot is uh like you said it's pretty derivative i mean it's not i mean it's kind of like die hard you know a little bit you know dystopian die hard what do you think uh, yeah, I think that'd be a, a pretty fair comparison, honestly. I mean, the, it's a one person versus a whole army kind of situation. I mean, I guess with uh, the rookie and everything, it's technically 2v, you know, an army. But either way, it's a very small group of individuals versus um, uh, a giant group of people and with one lone gang member at the, at the top. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have to say, um, you know, Carl Urban does a fantastic job, and but I also like uh, Lena. I mean, she's been, she's downright terrifying in that yes. film. Yeah, they they really did a good job casting her. I mean, I think this was was this before or during uh, Game of Thrones when it first came out. Um, well, that's a good question. I never really got into Game of Thrones. I didn't either, but I know that that uh, Lena Headey is very much uh, um, right about that time. 2011 is when uh, Game of Thrones started. This came out in 2012. So okay, so um, yeah, right around the t- same time they'd probably be filming. Yeah, because that's when that's when she was really popular. Her character, uh, what Cersei, I think, is yep. Uh, yep. like one of the main characters, one of the main drivers of the story, and one of the people that doesn't die, uh, if I remember correctly. Of course, I didn't really watch Game of Thrones. Either way, I know that she's really popular from that. Yeah. Uh, she also was uh, the Queen of Sparta from 300 films. So, ah, yes. Um, you know, she was she, she was pretty awesome in that. I mean, I, I you know, I, I liked the second one too, 300 Rise of an Empire. I thought it was fun. But anyway, yeah, she was, she's really good. Um, I think she's one of the standout performances. I had not seen Olivia uh, Thrillby in anything before. I did check out her IMDP page uh, after the fact. I was like, I wonder what, wonder what she's doing. Uh, 
you know, she she's in a few different things. Uh, the latest thing that uh, caught my eye was she was in Oppenheimer. Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So she is Lily Hornig. Um, I have to say that I don't specifically remember that character. There was a lot of characters, a lot going on in that film. If you haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, uh, might want to check that one out. But uh, you know, she was in that, so I say she's still getting quite a bit of work. Um, you know, stuff to keep going um, all the way through. Chassis Chappaquiddick is on here. Um, her other things include Juno, No Strings Attached. Uh, so she's definitely uh, she's got a thriving film career, and of course, Carl Urban. I mean, you know, we see him all, all over the place. He'll pop up. He's in the Boys. Um, that's, a, that's a fantastic show. Like I said, Lord of the Rings. He's uh, in Star Trek um, as uh, uh, Doctor McCoy. So I, I, I mean, you know, he's all over the place. So he even has an uncredited role as a stormtrooper in uh, Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Huh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. He's all over the place. He, you, know, you always yeah, find, find Carl yeah, he's very much over, all over the place, unfortunately. Uh, so he, he goes to cons, like comic conventions, and uh, I have been known to go to a few myself. However... Yeah, yeah, man. We, whenever, just, went back, we just went to GalaxyCon together. That was fun. That is true. Uh, whenever he is scheduled on going, and I go to the, that one, he seems to be uh, rather busy and has to cancel, unfortunately. Um, so I'm... Uh, a little bit of, I guess, salty because of that, but at the same time, yeah, he's getting roles and, and working. So, and uh, he's going to be the um, uh, Johnny Cage in the new Mortal Kombat film coming up. I cannot. I, I, I think he's going to rock it. He's gonna rock yeah, that's it. probably why he canceled the last uh, convention that I went to. But that's yeah. okay. I'm excited to see him in, as Johnny Cage. Yeah. Oh man, I think he's. I think he's going to crush it as Johnny Cage. I, I have. I, I'm. I like firstborn combat, but hey, oh, anyway. yeah. but back on we, we can talk about that one another time. Oh, I absolutely. Think let's, uh, let's stay on point here with dread. Um, yeah. What's your, what's your favorite part? Least favorite part here of the whole movie. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Huh? Well, I think one of my, one of my favorite scenes would definitely be, uh, the very beginning. We've, we don't know how, um, I guess advanced uh, Dread's weapon works. So his weapon is what looks to be like a pistol with like an extra little magazine in the front, um, or I guess a grip. Um, it's called a lawgiver. Uh, basically, that's it's right. a, a weapon that's coded to the judge's DNA. So really, only the person that it's like I guess bonded to um, can fire it. And, uh, the first time we see it, it just shoots regular bullets or at least what it seems to be just shooting regular bullets. And then, uh, dread speaks a, a command and says the word hot shot. And, uh, in an epic moment basically is able to save a, uh, hostage by essentially melting a dude's face from the inside. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, and after that, we get to see that the lawgiver is actually just an insanely powerful tool of, of law giving, um, hence the name. So, uh, yeah, sure. that's my favorite, to be honest, just the visualization of, of that particular aspect of, of him. And, uh, I, I, I guess for least favorite is, uh, the fact that they didn't make a sequel. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because, uh, again, this movie did not do all that great in theaters, whether it was due to marketing 
or just the fact that people were kind of not really wanting to go out to the theaters in 2012 or 2013. We don't really know. Um, I, I still blame the uh, promotional people. I mean, I think they screwed up with this one. Either way. Uh, yeah. Least favorite thing is there's no sequel. Uh, I, I really wanted to see how fair. they could, how they could really delve into the whole mega city one. I mean, with, with this, they were stuck on one location. And I know with uh, more lower budget movies, which what was the budget for this movie? I, I have no idea. Actually, I have, I can, uh, I can find out for you in a second, but keep going with your thought here. Uh, with lower budget movies, they usually try to stick to one location just because they try to go to too many locations that cost a lot of money, travel and everything is rather expensive. So uh, I was hoping that they could get a little bit bigger of a budget. Yeah, $45 and million dollars for this movie. That's pretty cheap. Yeah. For nowadays. I mean, that sounds like an exorbitant amount of money. I mean, it's not like I have $45 million sitting around, but um, <laughs> I wish. for, for movie, Yeah, really. Right. Um, you know, but uh, as far as things go, that's pretty cheap for a major blockbuster film. Yeah. Especially one, what made nowadays, like, what? Oh yeah, um, yeah. We're, I mean, uh, Infinity War was what almost three uh, hundred, three hundred million dollars, over three hundred million dollars. I mean, easy, yeah, easily. It's, it's small potatoes compared to that. So, um, yeah. So I think my favorite part, um, I, I love the speech that he gives. You know, when he's, oh uh, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's so good. You know, it's you know. He, you know, citizens of peach trees. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, and he's, I was just like, dude, this guy is badass. Like he has been, I mean, hunted. Like they they shot these, you know, fifty caliber like turret things at him, whatever. And he's just yeah, like, he, you know what? He had I'm multiple miniguns shooting at him at one point. Yeah, yeah. Like and they, they, and I mean, Mama is relentless. She literally destroys an entire block of this peach trees tower and you know you're oh, just like do, well, do we really explain what peach trees is it's like a giant yeah. super condominium yeah 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 it's, that's true. it's just it's just this gigantic yeah, it's 200, yeah, yeah 200, 200 stories high. of of housing so yeah, basically a lot, a lot of housing very high unemployment is what i remember too was mentioned like 95 percent yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty impoverished. It's pretty impoverished. Um, Sorry. But yeah, no, I, I I love that speech that he gives, and he he he's like, "Mama's not the law. I'm the law." Yeah. You know, and I wish mean, you're just like, "Damn, man!" Like this guy is 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 a shit, man. He's just so cool. He's so cool. Um, and I don't know. At least every part. I think I I'm gonna have to to uh, jump on what you said there. Um, I wish that they could have gotten bigger. You know, I mean, I think it's perfect for this film, an intro film. I think it's a perfect thing to keep it small. You got the small budget, like you said, but I kind of want to see some more of the dystopian uh, uh, cities out there, a little bit more of what happened, why the planets are radiated and all that stuff. I like the world building type stuff, and uh, we just don't get to see it. Uh, I heard, I was reading, though, that this is interesting, the uh sequel would have dealt with like the dark judges which is like the evil judges so like these judges are like fair in their judgments like the other judges are just like despicable they're like the joker of uh judges they just fucking kill everybody so yeah i would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that myself Interesting. I guess we kind of dealt with that a little bit in this movie because uh, there were some judges that kind of didn't want to just kill everybody, but of course they were bribed. So I don't know if that means that there's a yeah, difference. No. Like 
Dirk, Dirk I, Jones, I think do they wear like think, different outfits or do they look the same? They they're like more ghostly, like oh, uh, okay, like, okay. yeah, like they're more of a ghost thing. That's the one that I've been reading, um, and it's it's pretty interesting. It really is. It would have been cool to see an adaptation of that. Um, I would like to have seen it, but yeah, uh, they, I think though, I think unfortunately, coming out in twenty twelve, I think what we're looking at here is a uh, an issue with if this was in the streaming universe, we would have gotten a sequel. Oh, but unfortunately, easily did it. Yeah, easily. This would have this would have performed so well on streaming services. I mean, there there's been several movies. Um, I can't really think of any off the top of my head that didn't really perform all that great, but have been performing again and again on streaming services and have climbed up to the top uh, of like viewership, at least on Netflix. And they didn't do all that great on like in theaters or dvd sales or anything like that but releasing on a streaming service and yeah, they had um i think it was uh one of the ones was the keanu reeves replicas movie yes i couldn't even finish that movie that movie was so terrible but all of a sudden it was like number one in the country i was like what the heck man like <laughs> it was bad i love keanu reeves is that the, i literally watch anything with keanu but it is that was the one where he replaces his family yeah, yeah, with like okay. cybernetic robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's bad, dude. Like I would watch it. Yeah, again, I I barely remember that because I think I turned it off too. I I didn't really like it. Yeah, it wasn't Keanu's fault. He did everything he could. I just think it was a poor uh, premise for the movie itself. Uh, it was just poor writing. So what's uh what's your most badass moment from the film? Hmm. I mean, the whole ending is is mm. really great because Dread has gone through all of this shit. I mean, he's gotten shot. He's yeah, got yeah. uh just kind of beaten up throughout the whole what, 90 minutes of movie at this yeah. point. And uh finally uh I guess I, I don't want to like spoil the ending or anything. Uh, but, well he there's a it's not much of a spoiling. He confronts Mama. Let's just say that. Right. And Mama gives him an ultimatum and Dread basically finds a very creative way to get out of that ultimatum by being a total badass. Um, So that, that I think uh, really, really is my, my number one moment Um, personally, just because of the way that he's just like, you know, confronted with this problem and then just nonchalantly comes up with an epic solution for it. Yeah, that was, that's pretty cool. Um, I think, my favorite part has to be when Anderson finally is just like, I am out of fucks to give. I'm, I'm pissed off. Um, and, uh, they're like this, her and dread are just ripping through people. And, um, he, like at the beginning of the film, she's so timid. And then there at the very end, she's, you know, she, uh, lets the, was it Brendan Gleason go the tech guy there? Yeah. And, um, and, and, and she's like, I already failed because I lost my primary weapon. And Dredd was like, damn, like, I know this. It's like, it's cool. It's like, it's an interesting turning point in her, uh, in her, you know, character where she's like super timid, whatever, doesn't, not sure if she really wants to be dealing with all of this. And all of a sudden it's just like, nope, the fuck out of my way. And uh, I actually do know um, when I'm reading Anderson is a very significant judge uh, moving forward. So I, I'd like to see more with her character too. I 
was, I guess, with the sequel, I would hope that they would do that as well. Because she, she definitely did, I guess, she probably had the most character development out of the whole, like, cast. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, Well, I, you know, we mentioned Die Hard being kind of similar to it. Can you think of anything else that might be, like, if you're like, oh, I like Dread, what, what else could I watch with this? Um. One of the ones I thought it was Lockout. I think that's going to be our next film that we talk about, so that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a very um, similar movie. Um, uh, I can't really think of any off the top of my head, to be honest. Not, not to this brutality. That, yeah, you know, that's for sure. You know, yeah, I mean, in, in terms know, of brutality, I think the only other movie that could probably reach that is is like John Wick. But yeah. At the same time, the action is very different. Like, absolutely, you get yeah. That brutal, brutal gore um but you don't get the the same type of action i think the boys would probably be along the same lines of gore maybe probably a little bit more so because the boys just really just turn up the gore all the way to like 11 or 12 <laughs> yeah yeah like how that when they crashed into that whale that was yeah. crazy yeah that was that was insane that was actually quite nuts um I, I I don't really know. Like action wise, uh, it's it, not too many. I mean, you get the lone survivor type thing. Um, I mean, maybe maybe something like a predator could be could be in there. Um, yeah, but again, you don't really have. It's not the same feel. Um, you no, know, I I don't know. It, there there aren't there aren't making many comic book movies like this. I mean, they're all trying to be like, you know, Marvel cinematic right universes, which yeah. is a mistake. They, they really need to like, I, I, I appreciate the idea of, of world building. And this, I guess it's hypocritical of me saying that after I was just like, Oh, I wish they would flesh out dread too. You know, I, I'm okay with like, you know, a sequel or two to flesh out a story, but like, I don't know with the whole like MCU DCU thing. I, I it's getting a lot, very overplayed. I think- I think we should draw a distinction here, though, between world building and a cinematic universe. I mean, world building can be, um, you know, pretty much anything. Like, you, if you have, you know, more definition on your characters, more understanding of the surrounding area and stuff like that, that doesn't mean that you need to have, like, an Anderson split-off film that somehow ties into it or whatever. That's how we're saying, you know, it would be cool to see a work with this particular universe um, just staying in here instead of, you know, and I, I'm not throwing any shade at Marvel because I think the MCU is one of the greatest creations in movie history. I mean, and I'm not you, saying anything know, against it either. I, I but, uh, yeah, agree. I think that having such a large thing is not necessary for this. It could have been contained in the Dread universe, just Dread, and I think it would have been a solid, solid series. So, um, so. You know, I um I always like to look at some of the trivia stuff um on here. And um did you the law the I you know when I was watching it this time, the lawmaster, which is the motorcycle that the judges drive, um, they actually built that and uh Carl Urban learned how to ride drive it himself. Oh wow. Um, yeah, I think that'd be kind of difficult with the big fairing on the front. Mm. Uh, I used to ride, don't do it anymore, but that that seems like it'd be a little clunky. What do you think? I agree. I feel like the aerodynamics of that thing was <clears throat> probably meant more for an experienced rider than than I uh, I guess what I would assume to be an amateur or somebody who's just learning how to ride. Um, which is surprising how well I guess 
that Carl Urban rode because I mean, in the scenes that he's writing, the I guess what did you say, the Lawmaster? Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed rather fluid. There was no like it, it didn't seem out of place. Like it, it was, it was, it looked good. Um, you know, one of the other things I thought was interesting here is um, Carl Urban has mentioned, you know, it's it, it was a challenging role. And um, the reason was it, he could only act with his uh, his mouth, basically, um, a little bit of his chin, but all of his emotion had to come from there. And unlike even Batman, you could see the eyes, you could see his eyes. So you really had to contain a lot of uh, – emotion and what you were thinking in a very small real estate area. So I think that'd be kind of, that's an interesting thing. I didn't even think about, uh, when I was watching, watching the film, I was like, wow. Okay. Um, and the thing is, it, he did such a good job that you didn't think about it. Right. So that's, exactly. That's a, a testament to how well Carl Urban adapted to that situation. I mean, you could see maybe his, like his nostrils, like a little bit of right. his nostrils, a little bit of his nostrils, yeah, and 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 his mouth and his chin, like that's about it. Otherwise, it, everything else is covered: his eyes, his hair, his ears, like all his forehead, all of that, like what would be a a very easily distinctual like facial features, all hidden. Right? No, it's all hidden. So here's one that I actually really thought was interesting. I think Jared, you might get a kick out of this because I did. The slow motion sound effect is based on a Justin Bieber song that was slowed down to one one eight hundredths of normal speed. Justin they, Bieber. They chose a Justin Bieber song. <laughs> hey man, it's a most slow mo sound effects. Is that crazy? <laughs> right? I read that. I was like, "Are you serious? Like what?" It's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, I do watch slow motion videos every now and then. There's a YouTube channel called The Slow Mo Guys. Yeah. If anybody uh, listening is interested in, in uh, slow motion videos, they would probably be the best. Um, uh, and they have a sound. I don't know what they use for their sound, but I don't think it's a slow down Justin Bieber song. Yeah, no, it's what, that's what we're, I've seen here. It is, it is, I think that's one of the funniest things. Um, the um, other stuff that's kind of cool to look at is, and we see the elements of that world building coming in, is like when he's in Peach Trees, there's a, um, one of the, they enter a classroom, like an actual classroom for children. And uh, what you see there is an American flag, and it represents like the smaller amount of the United States there. So that's an interesting little thing, too, um, that you know, I think we could have seen more um, moving forward. And the other thing that I think is interesting, they, when they build the law, um, the law master, they couldn't build it exactly comic accurate because there was no way for it to actually work. So they did do as best they could with that. So that's a pretty interesting thing too. But I think my favorite thing is the Justin Bieber. I think that's just too funny. <laughs> that, is, that is pretty funny. Did, did the law master like have a, a floating back wheel or something? I think, um, like I said, I don't really, I, I, I haven't delved into the comics as much as I probably should have, but I, I think um, it just wasn't going to work. I think it had a little bit more of a presence in the front too. That just mm. would have made it too heavy on the front as well to to work. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So, so those are some interesting facts. I think the Justin Bieber uh, was the thing. Um, so. 
I didn't see anything that was groundbreaking. Like, no, it didn't break any barriers. You know, this film wasn't like, oh my gosh, like they did this so well that every other film copied stuff after it. But I think it's aged very well. Um, it yes. is, it's a dark film. Um, it's, I mean, I don't know how many times I've watched Dread. I enjoy it every time I watch it. Yeah. I, I just watched it recently and funnily enough, um, so I just got a new PC. I actually named it the lawgiver so um, <laughs> that's that's awesome i like that yeah it's a you know uh it, very fitting i think but also it, it's a it's a good movie i mean i've watched it i don't know probably half a dozen times at this point maybe oh, easily more. easy oh my gosh yeah no i i people um when i was uh studying for the bar exam i had a friend of mine um uh, that was you know, looking for an action film and I, I told him about this one and he told me he watched it every day for a week straight after he after he watched it <laughs> he's like this is so good this is so good it's just um, a mixture of practical and visual effects it's not really yeah. like the visual effects since they I think they use the right mixture of practical the visual effects don't seem out of place or dated or or just like I don't know it, it still looks good. oh yeah no it still looks good. I mean, I watched, uh, I just watched the flash and, uh, man, the visual effects of that were really wanting. This is the, even the slow-mo scenes, like the one when they burst into the room, um, the first time they're, you know, they're doing that drug bust there at the beginning of the film before the building gets locked down, the slow-mo bullets going through people. I mean, you just are like, holy crap, man. Like this is <laughs> fucking cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't really know what the thought process was with the flash, to be honest. I've seen some of the visual fret effects and they they really I, I don't know if it's a they did it on purpose or they ran out of time and then they were like, oh, we totally did it on purpose. Um, I, I really don't know. Uh, in my opinion, the director says it's on purpose, but I don't know, man. I, I'm not. Buy, I don't know if I buy that. I, I really don't. I feel like they just ran out of time. And are bullshitting. Uh, uh, yeah, jeez. If, if yeah. a movie that's ten plus years old has better slow motion effects than your, you know, brand new twenty twenty three movie with the computer powering, uh, computer oh, yeah. power nowadays should be better. Ah, I'm sorry, but mm, that's a little suspect. I agree. I mean, even if we're going to talk about slow mo sections, what about um, the X Men with Quicksilver? I mean, those are wait, they all those are all better. Those are yeah. those are fantastic. Those are the like yeah. industry leading uh, scenes. Yeah. It's amazing. I just reach rewatch those movies and and yeah, there, there's nothing that comes close to to that kind of detail and slow motion like that. Oh, agreed. Anytime soon. Agreed. Um. So, uh, one of the things too we like to look for is the Bechdel test. And for those of you who do not know what the Bechdel test is, a three part test. It is, and it has to beat all three to pass. Um, that one is that there are at least two women are featured. The second one is that these two women talk to each other, and three they discuss something other than a man. I will this say that there are three women test. in this film. Three, there are four women in the film. Um, if we really want to get into it, the Chief Justice, we have Anderson, we have Mama, Mama and they have the one lady who was. Um, at one point in time, they take refuge inside a um, civilian's apartment. And, oh, and yeah. so, so that's it. There's four female characters. 
but Mama and Anderson never talk to each other. Um, you know, and Mama and the judge obviously don't, and the um, ladies' apartment they don't talk to each other either. Um, you know, Mama and them. The closest I think that it passes, but it doesn't because the third criterion is um, is Anderson with the Chief Justice at the very beginning of the film. They are talking together. They're two women. They're named. Um, they talk to each other, but they're talking about dread. So um, um, I don't think this one passes. I think what this about, one's What about the civilian and and Anderson? Do they talk about anything other than the husband? Um, I mean, she says her name to open up the door, which I'm blanking on her name right off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't think of uh, it. It's it's a it's a quick thing, so you know I, I'm not sure if I I don't remember her name. Um, but the lady in the apartment, um, she just says, you know, thank you for, you know, letting them in. Um, there's not really, they're, they don't really talk. Um, okay. I don't know. I don't know if that would really count. It's, it's not, it's not really a conversation. Um, so, um, I don't, I don't think so. I think that, I think that. I don't think this one passes the the Bechdel, so um, which is a little disappointing. But what are you gonna do? It's not you know, it's not the end of the world when a film doesn't pass, but it's something to take note of. That's for sure. They do have, I will say, um, Anderson is she's super badass, and Mama is like fucking terrifying. So you know, I'm not I'm not sitting here trying to say like they're the female characters in the film are not like you know gangster. Like they're awesome. But it's, it just doesn't pass Bechdel. So. Um, all right. So let's look at the director. We mentioned him real quick uh, before. And actually, you know, it's really interesting. I was looking through it a little bit more. And uh, Pete Travis is the director on IMDb. But there is a, um, a lot that says that Alex Garland directed it. In fact, Carl Urban said that Alex Garland is the director. So, you know, Pete Travis... This is really his last film that he did anything. He did uh, that. He did the Gunman with Sean Penn and Vantage Point. And Vantage Point, I, I actually Vantage Point was actually a really good movie. I enjoyed that, um, but I don't, he hasn't really done much. Um, you know, he's done some TV, um, uh, Fearless, Mary, Marie Antoinette, Bloodlands. I haven't heard of any of these, but uh, Alex Garland. Uh, now he's he's got some credits. Um, He's got Ex Machina and Annihilation, and those are solid films for me. Yes. Uh, so, I haven't seen Annihilation, but Ex Machina is definitely a mindfuck, and definitely oh, yeah. a I I really liked it. Oh, Ex Ex Machina is fantastic. Um, so yeah, it yeah I he definitely gets writing credit for it. So I don't know. There's a you. What are you gonna do? Like it just seems like there's. Um, Whoever did direct it, I think did a good job. That's a lot all of issues with the studio and communications and other stuff. It seems to right. be behind the scenes in this movie, which is yeah. partially probably the reason why it didn't do all that great in theaters. Yeah, I mean that, and like I said, they marketed it as, um, you know, Dread Three D. You can't, you can't do that. Like that's that's just that's just terrible. Um, all right, so the soundtrack. Um, is done by Paul Leonard Morgan. Um, I looked through his. He does a lot more um, 
video game stuff. He did Cyberpunk. He did do the Limitless film with Bradley Cooper. Uh, recently, That's another he did, great movie. Yeah, Limitless was a lot of fun. Um, Boston Strangler with Kira Knightley that just released on Hulu not too long ago. So he's still active. Um, I have to say, I think the uh, soundtrack is is well made for this. And um, one of the tests from our other brother, uh, Nick, that always uh, draws us to it is, uh, is this something you can listen to on its own? Does it stand on its own or do you have to have it? Is it just a background thing? I, I've listened to the soundtrack on its own. I think it's, I think it's a good soundtrack. Is it my top, one of my top soundtracks? No, but I think it's, a, I think it's enjoyable. Yeah, there's, to me, there's not too many movies that can pass the, the, can I listen to it on its own? There's some movies that you think, oh, this is great. But then you, you listen to it on its own. In my opinion, a lot of the Marvel movies Oh, yeah, suffer from this. Um, and this is something that I think the DC has definitely done a little bit better. Of course, yeah, they, absolutely. They hit, they've had Hans Zimmer, probably the world's greatest composer or living composer. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Besides, I mean, I, I'd say John Williams is probably still number one, if not like best of all time. But either way, uh, Hans Zimmer is still fantastic i mean he, he oh yeah yeah and then um or rupert gregson williams for wonder woman um also another fantastic uh composer um so yeah no, i totally agree yeah dc between the two dc has got that yeah made you know so um all right so i did pull up some top critic reviews for this uh pretty interesting stuff um over on the Times, on uh, New York Times here, the the end thing here is you know, you know this is you know basically a monosyllabic hero, uh, bullets fly, you know, and it's just kind of like it's visceral, but it's not it doesn't do much. There's not a lot of character development. There's not a lot of you know, and I think the person missed the point of the film. You know, I just want to see Carl urban beat the crap out of people <laughs> like what else do i need you know um so that's one uh variety uh gives it uh very high re- um reviews on this um they they say that it's very well um uh, follows the comics and they do a really good job with it uh the guardian uh gives it a four-star review and we have Empire Online here. Uh, they also give it a positive review. So mostly positive, except for the Times, basically is what I'm trying to say. Um, I think you know, I, I think a person in the Times just missed, missed the point. I mean, this movie, I, I, I believe, is not something you should take too seriously. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a comic book movie. It's not like right. This isn't this isn't like Schindler's List or a World War II film. This isn't something you have to have like a dramatic telling them you have to have it done with the like respect that it deserves. This is, this is a comic book film. This is supposed to be more fun. So, um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think it's interesting. They did focus a lot on the brutality of it. I know that we have two in this uh, discussion, but I think that it's a fair, fair point. So, um, Right before we get to the last section here, we're going to get turn it over just to Jared here for a second. Jared's going to talk any of the science. What do you think, Jared? We got you. You got to flex those physics major muscles here. So, what do you think on the science? Okay, so um, 
Well, I, I will say that uh, I think the since the movie is based in the future, there's definitely some sci-fi aspects of the whole film that are probably a little bit more fiction than science-based. Um, however, that being said, the vehicles in the in the uh, whole, I guess, movie are based off of what you'd find nowadays. Um, I mean, they built everything for real, so those are real cars. Um, there's drones that are flown throughout the city for police use, which is still, again, very accurate, um, especially nowadays. Oh, yeah. Um, so the other, only other probably, like, I guess, scientific thing that would probably be worth noting would be the slow motion. Um, is there something that is out there that can actually you know, make your brain process at 1% its natural speed. No, I don't believe there is. Um, I, at least I'm not sure of that off the top of my head. However, during the scene, if, it, if, it, if there is something, we don't do it. <laughs> I guess that's the other caveat to that statement. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. the, the other thing that, that I definitely will applaud this movie for is again, using, um, high-speed cameras to actually accurately get the slow-motion scenes done. The yeah. one that really stands out in my mind probably the most would be the, the first raid scene uh, where they raid that, yeah. little, that little drug center. Um, and when they blast open the door, you can literally see um, like a shirtless guy and the, the ripples of the air just flowing through his skin. Um, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Behind the scenes of that was a, an air cannon that they blasted into the. Oh, wow. Okay. To like give it a little bit more of that visceral, like just flesh rippling effect, which again, um, still. Also, mean- shout out to stunt people because I sure shit am not volunteering to get an air cannon. Um, yeah, blasted into bare chest just so I right. can pay a check. Yes, I can. Nah, man, shout out to stunt people. I mean, I just that's an incredible job. Yes, yes, stunt people should definitely get their, you know, recognition. There should definitely be, in my opinion, an Oscar for either best stunt oh. or best stunt coordinator, at least for the stunt coordinators. A hundred percent. Absolutely. They do. That's they that do criminal work. that they don't have that yet. Yeah. Um, Very underappreciated. Trying, uh, I, I think the only other, well, and I would say the uh, unrealistic would be um so at the very beginning of the movie when there's the triple homicide they actually so the the people that they kill they throw off of the i think 200th story Mm -hmm. um, and they have skinned them already uh without your skin holding on to all your like organs and stuff together it's kind of a little bit difficult to keep together and then there's no way that they would be as um together as they would be dropping from 200 stories at that point you probably would reach terminal velocity i don't really know how fast you would but at the same time i gotta believe that you would yeah traveling at several hundred miles an hour towards plain concrete with no skin on uh their bodies would not be intact in the slightest no way um, and in the movie they were, um, so that, that's one thing that I think they could have made a little bit more realistic. However, that would have really brought up the, vis- been really gross. <laughs> definitely would have brought up the viscerality factor. Um, even more. Yeah. A lot. 
Because like when they when they land, they kind of land as like a nice little soft thud. Um, there's no splattering. There's like no nothing like that in real life. Yeah. Definitely would have been. Um, yeah, you, you know, that lady who was putting us a bait lady who's pushing her kid in the stroller. She would be covered in blood. Absolutely disgusting. Um, so I think that would be, you know, another thing. Uh, and then I think the only other thing I could probably talk about is, uh, so I, I work in it support and there's a scene where there's the, the tech guy <laughs> calling up <laughs> and uh, uh, I feel so bad for him too. He's so, he's, mama he's, just uh, tortures him. Yeah. So there's a civilian that gets tortured because he knows tech and mama needs him for her criminal enterprises. There's a one point where she takes over the tower and um, basically is uh, threatening him the whole time so that he actually does it. And in order for him to do so, he has to call up like central command and then convince them that he's doing something legitimate. Anyway, I feel for him because I've been in situations not necessarily the same, but similar where somebody's just. You seen you never said you had someone hold a knife up to you to get you to do something. (laughs) No, I never really had that. Literally legal, I feel like. Yes, it would be. It definitely would be. But but either way, you know that that realism of the of the you know oh my boss is breathing down my neck, you know that kind of. Yeah, we've all been there, man. And the (laughs) last added little, uh, I guess, humor so to speak, uh, if you right. find that funny, uh, either way, I, I find that, uh, to be, I, again, realistic. Pretty accurate. Yeah. Pretty accurate. So, you know, that's, my, that's my, uh, my two cents on the, on the science of the movie, to be honest. That's I, great. If there's anything else anybody, uh, I guess, you know, thinks of, uh, I can. Dude, I've never even taken a physics class, so you're way ahead of me. Never took it. So, <laughs> I don't even remember <laughs> how many I took because they all just kind of blurred together after a while. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so I looked up. The film didn't get any of the major uh, awards. Um, should it have been nominated for anything? Like an Oscar. Should it have been nominated for an Oscar, basically? What do you think? Visual effects. Yeah, I could see that one. Visual yeah. effects, just because of the slow motion at the time, there wasn't really any movie that I can think of. At I mean, what the X Men movies didn't come out until several years later, right? Um, X Men First Class was the first one mm-hmm. um, with that slow mo. That was in 2011. So yes, there was a precedent for that already. Never mind. Never mind. I I think I think you're right. Special with the visual effects. I think that that's the one I would get. Um, I would also just want to nominate Carl Urban as badass of the year. Um, I think that that should be the uh, standard thing for this film because let's be serious, man. He's just so fucking cool. <laughs> uh, Lena Headey is best supporting actress. Uh, yeah. Oh, she's so scary, man. Yeah, because if, if she's she so was scary, like as she was throughout the movie, you wouldn't have cared about the outcome, the outcome, the whole climax, the whole ending wouldn't have had the same, I guess, feeling to it if if not for her performance oh my gosh yeah and like what's crazy is when they introduce her it's a mug shot of her face and they talk about what she did and all you really see is her face just you know kind of like not really change you just see her and but the way in which she's able to just slightly change her facial expressions 
goes from okay to oh shit, man, she's gonna kill me. So yeah, she's her, fantastic. Her is from when she's like a like just a low level uh, somebody in the criminal organization, and yeah. they they flash over to a, like a uh, like a, a live shot of her and the you know the low level little timid kind of you know smiling picture to her covered in blood teeth barred laughing oh yeah i mean it, it, it's a lot of emotion <laughs> give it that one little section yeah it's like a it's like a two second span where you get that just kind of a whiplash yeah, she's fantastic she's and fantastic so like yeah i i I, so, I think the that would be at least my opinion what i would yeah. want out of this movie for oscars yeah that would be good so we've already talked about this. Phil doesn't have a sequel, which is a travesty. It should get a sequel. We should have more Judge Dredd. Um, I know that Carl Urban has tried to make us, you know, more. Uh, there was talk about doing a TV series, and he was in for that, but hasn't happened and right now with the uh, writer's strike going on and the Screen Actors Guild, right? I, I don't think that's going to see the light of day anytime soon. Yeah, it's unfortunate. There's been enough of that where it's like, you know, I I, I feel for the writers, I feel for the act, actors, and absolutely on performers, everybody involved in the whole business. And I'm like, I just want them to get their due credit, and I want these executives to realize that these guys are not a commodity. They're 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 employees. They should be treated. Yeah, they're people. They should be treated, you know, fairly um, for their work. Right especially since they provide joy and entertainment to so many people. Absolutely. And I think one thing that um, a lot of people don't realize is that, with, especially with the strike going on, is a lot of the actors, actresses are trying to support the like 87% of actors that are not the uber wealthy. I mean, like they've, they've done that where it's like, you know, 13% are very fortunate. You know, you guys, Robert Downey Jr., Sir Tom Cruise, you know, Angelina Jolie, uh, you know, who, who have bukus of cash, but that's not the entire industry. So um, I hope that they keep fighting. And I hope that these execs realize that you're, as you said, they're human beings. They need to be treated fairly. And um, at the end of the day, I hope they get paid for it. So. All right. So just to wrap it up here, we're going to tease the next film. We are going to do another 2012 film uh, called Lockout. Lockout is fantastic. It is criminally underrated, in my opinion. Um, it, it, <laughs> Guy Pierce, Maggie Grace. Uh, it's uh, produced by Luke Basson, who does the uh, Take It films. Uh, and honestly, it is. Lucy as well? It, hmm? Did he do Lucy as well? Yes, you see, right? He did that as well. Um, we also have uh, Peter Stormare, who is one of my favorite actors out there. I think he is—he's great. Um, I honestly just the whole—I the, love this. I love Lockout. I can't wait to talk about it. It's going to be fun. The uh, movie premises is there's there's a prison in space, right? Right. So so you know this is going to be fun for me, being being the physicist that I I am. I'm gonna right. I actually do need to rewatch this just to make sure that I uh have exactly the right talking points on how they deal with gravity in this movie. Oh yes. I'm I'm certain that you'll have some thoughts. Um I know I ha- I have some not even um <laughs> without with my limited science knowledge. I have a few questions. Uh, but I, I you know, uh, lockout I think it has like 
30% of Rotten Tomatoes, but uh, I think it's criminally underrated. I think this is one of those films that people need to realize, look, man, all I want to see is Guy Pierce shoot people. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all we need. Do we need much more than that? No. You know, Guy Pierce walking around wearing a warning offensive shirt, saying badass things and shooting people. I, I don't understand why this movie didn't do well. <laughs> It's a yeah. very, very simple movie, but with that simplicity comes just an, a slew of, of wonderful action scenes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to do that one. So, well, I think this is going to wrap us up here for Dread. Um, if you haven't seen Dread, highly recommend it. Not 100% sure where it's streaming. We really can't uh, be certain how it's streaming, where it's streaming. I think I saw it on uh, Max, um, which was originally called HBO Max, but um, if you haven't seen Dread, check it out. If you're in food for a, a good R-rated action film uh, with uh, Carl Urban, I can't say this enough. It is really awesome. Uh, again, uh, just very underrated film overall. Uh, so this will, this will be our first episode of KB Reviews. Uh, but we're going to look to try to get this, uh, what do you think, Jared, bi-weekly is what we're trying to do? Yeah, something like that. Um, I know we've got the Labor Day holiday coming up next week, so maybe we could try something for uh, the 9th or 10th of September uh, would be that would be that biweekly uh, thing. So we'd probably take the Labor Day holiday off to uh, enjoy having an extra day of holiday. So, all right. So this is uh, Ben and Jared. We're, thanks for tuning in if you watched, uh, listen to this. And uh, we look forward to speaking with you next time on KB Reviews. Yes, we do. <laughs>